Today is Tuesday, March 30th. The title for our devotional is Submission to the Will of the Father. Remember in this campaign, we are looking at the prayer life of Jesus. This week, we're zooming in on one of the most significant moments of Jesus' prayer life, his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26, 36-46 says this, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Here in the garden, Jesus models his teaching on prayer. As we saw in the Lord's Prayer last week, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus doesn't just teach this submission to God's will, but he lives it as well. In fact, this was his self-declared mission. He says in John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus' prayer here in verse 39 indicates a real wrestling with God's will. He prays for the cup to be taken from him, if at all possible. The cup is a common metaphor, especially in apocalyptic or prophetic literature, for judgment from God, usually involving his wrath, leading to suffering, pain, and death. On the devotional page, I put a bunch of references if you'd like to go look some up. Jesus seems to be aware of the suffering that awaits him at the cross, and his prayer is for the Father to remove this path from him. Yet, even facing such bitter suffering and pain, both spiritually and physically, he surrenders to the will of the Father. In this scene, we can learn so much about our prayer life. We see Jesus, the perfect human, God in flesh, praying for a way out of suffering and pain from God's judgment. This we see in the life of David and Daniel as well. Yet, that is not his ultimate end. His purpose is higher than a pain-free life. Accomplishing the will of the Father is paramount, even if it means suffering and pain. So when we pray, we can certainly pray for God to remove pain and suffering from us, but it must always be followed by, yet as, not as I will, but as you will. This must not just be lip service either. We must not simply say this and then do everything in our power to avoid the will of the Father in favor of our own. As we see in the life of Jesus, his actions follow suit with his prayer. He doesn't run from the guards and flee the will of God, which he could have easily done. He courageously instead drinks the cup 
the Father has given him. In prophesying about the coming Messiah's submission to the will of the Lord, the famous passage in Isaiah 53 verse 10 says this, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. All too often, we think of prayer as trying to convince God to do what we want. This is not Christian prayer. There are some schools of thought within Christianity that suggest if we pray with the proper formula, God's hand will be forced to do what we want. If we say the correct words, like in Jesus' name, with enough faith sprinkled in, and of course if we're living a life free of sin, we will certainly get God to do what we want. This is nonsense and absolutely catastrophic to the Christian life. It places our will and our desires above the will and desires of God. The mark of genuine Christian prayer is a submission to the will of the Father. Again, we can certainly petition God for our desires, as Jesus does here, but that must always be followed by submission to God's will. If we pray this prayer enough, I think we will begin to see our will conforming to God's will. God will begin to change us. That is what tends to happen through a life of prayer. Not that we change God, but He changes us. For additional content today, I want to read a portion of Mark Driscoll's book, Pray Like Jesus, Learn to Pray to God as Father. He writes, Christianity is not designed to be risk-averse. A Christian religion is not designed to get you around your Gethsemane. It is a relationship with Jesus, who went through his Gethsemane, and gets you through your Gethsemane. Jesus is a friend who won't fall asleep on you, or fail to pray for you, as he lives to make intercession. He goes on, I will never forget one of my first pastoral calls. Every hospital visit I'd done up to that point had been to help celebrate the birth of a healthy baby. They're chubby and they're cute. You ask to hold them, you smile for a picture, and you pray. Amen, you're done, yay God. Suddenly, I was on my first hospital call that was not like that at all. A husband came home to find that his young and seemingly healthy bride was on the floor of their apartment, unresponsive. The young husband called the medics, who rushed the woman to the hospital. He met me in the hallway saying something to the effect of, they say she is brain dead, but her body is not yet dead. They want me to pull the plug. She's in a lot of pain. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I feel about pulling her life support, but I can't stand to see her die slowly in such agony. Will you pray with me? Of course, I said yes, but what do we pray? I remember sitting in the hospital lobby with my face in my hands praying James 1.5 for wisdom over and over. We prayed that God would heal her. We prayed long and hard. We prayed with tears in our eyes. And then her husband said to God, Your will be done. Then his young wife died. He did not pretend to understand why death came so quickly after their honeymoon. But he invited Jesus to be with him, pray for him, and get him through his Gethsemane. And Jesus proved to be a faithful friend. At her funeral, he thanked God that she loved Jesus, that their few short years together were blessed, and that he would enjoy their friendship forever one day. 
He felt this loss in his soul. He mourned this loss for months and years, and he trusted in the will of God, even using his pain to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, who forgives sins and defeats death to everyone who would listen. He goes on, Are you willing to go there with God? Are you willing to live there with God? It's okay to pray, I'm single and I'd like to be married. If you also pray, your will be done. It's okay if you're married to pray for a child. If you also pray, your will be done. It's important to pray that God would keep our marriages strong and faithful. And when someone commits adultery, it's important to pray for repentance and change of heart and reconciliation. But it's also important to pray, your will be done. He concludes this section of the chapter by saying, Jesus, in a moment of deep anguish and abandonment, prays three times for more than an hour, sweating blood and distress and desire for the Father's will. That's the Christian life of suffering and surrender through painful prayer. When Christ said to take up your cross and to follow him, deny yourself, this is what he meant. Your will be done. If you believe God is good, pray, your will be done. If you believe God knows better than you, pray, your will be done. If you believe God loves you, pray, your will be done. And if you cannot pray, your will be done. Then just keep praying until you can. Reflection today, spend some time reflecting on your heart in prayer. Can you honestly, after presenting your request to God, pray, your will be done? And can you submit to that? What's holding you back from that type of prayer? How do you respond when God says no to your requests? Have you noticed throughout your life with Christ this prayer becoming easier or more difficult? Is there any aspect of your thinking on prayer that says that you can change God's will instead of thinking that your will should change to God's will? Commit today to surrendering your will to God's in prayer.